With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This week's Wall Trip Unfiltered, we have a special guest, as we always do. I love the podcast. I love catching up with my friends. And I get to catch up with legendary NASCAR, IndyCar, dirt car racer, Tony Stewart. Tony is in Indy for the big Indy 500 weekend. He's doing a promotion with Die Hard and Advanced Auto Parts. We're going to learn about that promotion, and we're also going to talk about his new uh, racing series and so many things. Uh, his, his team is doing well. He's got a racer from Indiana, Chase Briscoe, that I love. We're going to talk about Chase. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm giddy. I'm excited. And I'm looking forward to everybody watching this week's edition of Waltrip Unfiltered. Hey, this week's guest on Waltrip Unfiltered is Tony Stewart. Smoke, the legendary NASCAR, IndyCar, motorsports, sprint car guy. Tony, honored to have you on my podcast. How are you doing, my friend? You look great. I hope everything's well. I'm doing great. It's, uh, if I didn't own race cars and a race series, I'd even be better. But i um, pretty excited about the fact that we're all getting back to racing and, uh, you know, NASCAR side's going well. The sprint car side's going okay. Uh, as a series owner, it's been challenging trying to to figure out where we're going to be racing and how we're getting our dates in here and there, but excited that everything's somewhat starting to get back to a rhythm and, and, you know, getting back to a life that we're used to again. Well, I want to talk to you about all that, your racing and the things you have going on, but Die Hard and Advanced Auto Parts are really, are celebrating the 50th year of Die Hard powering the starting lineup of the Indy 500. And I know you're participating in this, how, how, how is this happening? What all is going on? It's really cool. Yeah, so we've got a great partnership with Advanced Auto Parts, and uh, they've partnered up with Die Hard Batteries and helping celebrate the fact that Die Hard has literally been uh, starting the entire starting field for the Indianapolis 500 for the last 50 years. So uh, in a year where the, Indi- the Indianapolis 500 didn't happen in May, it's going to happen this Sunday, and to have the uh, the – the race happened with no race fans in the stands, which is going to be really odd and, and, and different, but uh, between advance and diehard batteries, finding a way to bring the fans to the race uh, virtually and, and helping them be a part of the, the command for the drivers to start their engines is pretty important. So if they go to calling and they send in a video uh, of their command to start the engines that uh, that can get them the opportunity to start the field and, there's going to be 50 people that are going to win $200 gift certificates for diehard batteries or products that are sold at advanced auto park stores. So it's a, a really cool way, I think, of, for advanced auto and diehard to uh, help bring the fans back into the atmosphere of the start of the, the Indianapolis 500 this weekend. You know what? I love partners of, of racing, and there's no better partners than diehard. Like you said, for 50 years, they've been plugging into those race cars and cranking, they crank you up so that you can run the Indy 500. And advanced auto part, the partnerships that they have together to give the fans a chance to virtually start the Indy 500. But I got to ask you, can you give me your, can you give me your <laughs> gentlemen start your engines? You got one in you? Man, I, I don't even sing to myself in the shower. That's how embarrassed I am to talk about myself. So, uh, 
You know, I, I've, uh, I, I was telling somebody earlier today, though, when we were talking about this promotion, I said, thank God when I was driving Indy cars that they didn't have carburetors on them. Because when they give that command, I mean, my leg was, was always jumping up and down inside the car there. So I would have flooded the car in a heartbeat. Uh, and I had to do that my first Daytona 500. I had to literally pull my foot away from the foot box to get, get it away from the uh, pedal so I didn't flood the car. So that's one of those commands that, that the drivers look forward to because of all the pageantry that goes on to the start of the Indianapolis 500 and, and everything pre-race is so spectacular that literally the, the command, when they give you the command to drive, to call the drivers to the cars is the one that you love to hear. Uh, but that's the, one of the probably most nerve-wracking ones. But when they give that command for the drivers to start their engines, that's the one you actually looked forward to. Because once that engine started, then you started calming down and getting your mind cleared of all the pre-race stuff and getting focused on what the strategy was for the race. So, um, you know, it's a pretty important deal. And, and I'm glad that uh, Advance and Die Hard are, are part of it this year. Yeah, I'm, I think it's really cool because the start of the Indy 500 is one of the most special moments in all of sports. And I'm glad the fans are going to get to participate and die hard and advance figured out a way that it can be special for everyone. Because despite the fact, and I, 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 love, I love to hear what you have to say about this, despite the fact there's no fans in the stands, all that will be relative until they say, gentlemen, start your engines. And then it's a different, Tony Stewart. It's a different guy behind the wheel. It's all about going out and winning the Indy 500. Yeah, and those guys, it's it's going to be a different atmosphere for them this year. So the the pre-race is going to be way different than what they're used to. I don't even know what they have in, in store for this weekend, but you know, it's going to be a different atmosphere for the rookies that have never been a part of it. They're not it's it's all going to be new to them anyway. But for the drivers that have been there for years and and to sit there and not have that that pre-race uh, pageantry that they're used to, it's going to be a different atmosphere. So to bring the fans in and, and have them a part of it uh, is going to be something that'll be really special. All right. Talk about the fans. You've got a racing series, you have sprint cars, and you recently announced with Ray Evernham and George Pine that you're going to have a racing series. I sent you a text as soon as I heard it. It was an emoji of me going, you know, <laughs> I, I, I imagine that you must've gotten about a hundred of those of, of, people that want to be a part of your stars tour and tell me something, tell me more. I, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I want to know what, what led to this and how excited are you about what you've got going on? Well, George Pine and Ray Everham were the first uh, contact that I had about it and it was their brainchild and, and asked if I wanted to be a part of it. And I, I jumped on the opportunity because I missed the IROC series. I missed what uh, Barb and Jay Signori did for so many years and bringing different race car drivers from different disciplines together and putting them in equal cars and, and sending them out to race. So the cool thing is when you get with somebody like George Pine and you get with Ray Evernham, you're going to get something that's going to be different and you're going to get something that's outside the box. So we've basically created the, the old IROC series on steroids. So you're, you're going to bring 12 drivers in, but those 12 drivers are also going to have 12 crew chiefs that are designated just to them. So versus having 12 identically prepared cars, you're going to have 12 cars that have 12 different crew chiefs working on them to help set that car up for your driving style and, and the needs that you want as a driver. So there's, there's going to be a, a limited amount of things that they can change because Michael, as you know, with these crew chiefs, if you said, if you gave them free reign, 
this would be so out of control it wouldn't even be funny but but being able to at least tune these cars to the driver i think is one of the fun parts about it to where if a guy likes a tighter setup or a tighter fuel car or a guy likes a looser fuel car we're going to be able to give them that so that way they're not just stuck with one car that that doesn't feel good to them and they got to drive it the whole race that way well, who are the guys you're talking to and where are we going to where are we going to race how's this all going to play out when do you have more details for the to share with the fans well, today, as a matter of fact, we just announced that Helio Castroneves is going to be driving in the series next year. So we've got a master list. We, we have invites that are going out and, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of we've got some we've got other drivers that have accepted offers already that we haven't announced. We're trying to spread it out so we don't just give everybody all the information at once and then lose the the uh, the, the excitement about it before the series starts. But that's the fun part right now is we're sitting there reviewing racetracks and there's tracks across the country that are saying, Hey, we're, we're open to being a part of this. So, um, you know, we're looking at some really cool tracks, mainly smaller tracks, shorter tracks where guys are going to be closer to each other, beating and banging on each other, stuff that the race fans really miss seeing right now. But we want tracks that, uh, are going to give these guys an opportunity to slide the cars around without having to worry about crashing all the time. So, uh, having some of the smaller tracks where I think the action's better anyway. I think tracks like Bristol and Martinsville are some of the best racing that NASCAR has right now. So we're, we're adopting that, that attitude and, and mindset. Uh, one of them that's up for considerations, Nashville, the fairgrounds track at Nashville. I think that'd be a great venue to run these cars, but places that these guys aren't going to be separated and strung out uh, that are going to make good races. And, and we're looking at dirt tracks um, I don't think we're going to get a road course in for next year, but I think that's something the following year that we're looking at is adding a road course to the schedule. But it's it's very possible that you'll see a dirt race on the schedule uh, for this series next year. So I'm excited. SRX is, is something that I was excited about right off the bat. Um, when you have somebody like Ray Evernham that's going to design and build this car from scratch, uh, I think the possibilities are endless when, when we get him involved because he's a as you know, he's a pretty smart guy when it comes to the race cars and race car setup. So I think it'll be fun to see what he produces. And I think the cars are going to look really cool. They're going to be full-bodied cars, but they're, they're going to look cool. They're going to be fast, uh, high horsepower, which is something that NASCAR has gone the opposite direction, taking horsepower away. We're jacking the horsepower up. We want these guys to have to control the throttle with their foot and uh, you know, not make it too easy for them. You know what I love uh, that is my favorite thing that you announced is your partnership with 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 television, because I think cameras on the driver's face cameras on his arms his feet cam the car should just should deliver so much uh, information to the fans where they can see what all's going on. I would build the car around TV so that the fans can see what all that cat's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. you watching these guys in cars. You're going to get guys that are open wheel guys, just like Helio. Helio has not driven a lot of full bodied cars. So to see him in there and see how he's driving, see where he puts his hands on the steering wheel. There's lots of race car drivers that want to see how we drive these cars, too. So they want to see where the drivers put their hands. They want to see where their arms are in the center of the corner. They want to see how close the wheel is to them. They want to see what they're doing with their feet and their hands to manipulate the race car. And that's things that, that sometimes we miss. So I think that's what's going to be fun about this series is we're trying to bring angles and aspects to to the broadcast that um, you know they don't that they don't normally get on a regular race weekend. Well, I'll tell you this: I'm a huge NASCAR fan, and so if anything we can do together, I think uh, rising uh, tides raise all ships. You know, if you guys have success on your side, it's going to make more attention to NASCAR, and and maybe there's things that you can learn from them and vice versa. But 
I'm I'm really looking forward. Listen to this part, Tony. I'm really looking forward to being a part of it uh, and, and get, I want you to know I've lost 40 pounds. I've been running and working out so uh, I can fit into my old suits. I only have to buy a new suit. It, it's funny because I, I was giving somebody a tour at my shop and I've got a bunch of the cars that I drove in my career. So one of them was a car from 99, my rookie year in the cup series. And uh, they were like, ah, oh, there's no way you can fit in that. And I'm like, I bet you I can fit in it. I did, but once I got in there, I couldn't breathe. So I, I had no idea how much from 99 till I retired in 2016, how much uh, I had grown, let's say. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I got to get working out myself here. Cause you know, we've been, I've been down for a couple of weeks. I was actually, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'll be 50 next year. And I was riding a uh, one wheel with my girlfriend and the battery died on it. And I slammed the ground, hit my head, got a concussion, black eye, all kinds of crazy stuff and, and haven't been racing for a while. And I'm trying to get back in the car for this weekend. I'm just wanting to make sure that the steering wheel is going to fit on there without rubbing my belly. So that's my goal for the weekend and getting back in shape here. So uh, when we get our age, we got to we got to work a little harder at it. You got that right. I, I have some great memories of us sharing the track together. Obviously, um, we, we had some great uh, races here and there, but Tell the fans about each other. You were for a position or you were like, always waved each other and say, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I had a blast racing with you because it didn't matter. There were days that my car was so bad and I was so mad at what was going on that I couldn't see straight. And then you'd either go by or I'd catch you and we'd go by and we'd wave at each other. It was like, Ah, it's not so bad. We're still getting to race today and have a good time. So uh, that was that was one of the fun parts of my day was us waving at each other when we were on the racetrack and and having some good battles there. It's um, you know the the days where guys had to manage tires and budget your tires and and uh, you know you really had to treat it like a chess match and that's where racing with you and, and Dale Senior and Mark Martin and Rusty Wallace uh, those guys were so good at knowing how to budget their tires and and. Uh, Man, I, I learned a lot. There were some tracks uh, I know at, at uh, Rich, or uh, not Richmond, but um, well, Richmond was one of them actually too, but uh, Rockingham, following you around Rockingham in a bush car was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot about tire management following you. So it, it, we had some good times there racing. We sure did. And I remember <laughs> Rockingham well. I had that place figured out in a bush car. Could never figure it out in the cup car but love to hear uh for our listeners this podcast has been so much fun for me and i wouldn't have got a chance to catch up with you and i miss you if it weren't for the podcast but i want to i want to get a senior member i know you probably have several but uh, i always like to talk about my buddy dale what's the first time y'all crossed paths and was it friendly or, or was it not <laughs> well actually i i think because of coca-cola and the fact that we were uh, the part of the Coca-Cola racing family. That was the first time that I really got to meet Dale and it was at a, at a production day photo shoot. So uh, it was before we even got on the racetrack together, but uh, he, it was crazy because I'm like, this guy's not even gonna know who I am. He's gonna wonder why am I even here on this day? And uh, you know, for him to know what, what my background was in racing and, and to say that he had seen me race some just was amazing to me. But I remember I was telling somebody the other day a story about uh, Darlington. And like many people, there were, I, I never had a happy hour session that was happy. 
they were all miserable. I'd go out in the first practice and my car was good. We were fast. And then we would run happy hour. And it was like, it was like somebody snuck in there and stole my car, brought another car in that looked just like it. That was totally different. And I remember coming in at the end of happy hour and I was so mad because I'm like, I, I was so excited. We qualified good. We had a good practice session uh, earlier in the day and then happy hour, everything went crazy. And, um, I remember we were parked next to each other. It was in 2000 and I got out of the car and I was mad and I'm yelling at Greg Zipidelli and we're arguing with each other. And all of a sudden, bam, I get hit in the side of the head. And what it was, was a chunk of rubber about the size of a baseball. And Dale had scraped the rubber from the underside of the hood when he got in from the session and then made a ball and hit me upside the head with that thing. And the rubber all blew apart. And I'm looking, I'm ready to kick somebody's ass. I mean, I'm ready to fight. I turn around and it's Dale and it's chocolate and those guys and they're laughing and carrying on. And he's laughing at me. He goes, I don't know what it is, but it's not that bad. I'm like, well, you need to drive this piece of crap then. And, but it, it was that that kind of got me calmed down after that. And he's like, Hey, he goes, every happy hour session's an unhappy session. He goes, you're never going to be happy in happy hour here. So he goes, just calm down. it will be fine. And, and I think he ran second the next day and I ran fourth. So it wasn't that bad after all, but he, he was right. He goes, it, it'll be better tomorrow. He always would no, notorious for covering his car up a little bit early, just to make you a little bit, even maybe even more aggravated. You know, yes. he's over there happy with his shit. Yeah. That, or he just <laughs> ran out of stuff to change. He's like, that's all we got and we're done. So, but he, he was uh man. I sure miss that guy because the, the last half of the uh, 2000 season, because of the point standings, I was parked next to him in the garage area. And I had so much fun spending time with him and stuff that we did with the Coca-Cola racing family uh, that was on the side where we would go to events together. I absolutely adored that guy. He was just was so much fun. Um, you know, I, I think this sport really misses him. I think a lot of things would be different if he was still around right now. Yeah, we all, we all miss him. You mentioned your buddy Zippy. How cool was it to see him go back to victory lane in NASCAR with, uh, with, uh, with, and also I, I know we're running out of time, but I, I just have to ask you about Chase Briscoe because I'm telling you, there's not a better man in America than Chase Briscoe. He yeah, has a heart of gold uh, and he can drive the, sh the snot out of a car and he's so thankful and respectful. And then he got to go to victory lane with Greg. That, what you've seen from him just had to be so special for you. Let's go to the zippy part first. We'll get the worst part of it out of the way right away. <laughs> we created a monster. As soon as he went back there and crew chief and won a race, it's like, oh my gosh, here's here comes Zippy again. So he's a. It was like creating a monster. But I'm glad that that we could put him in that position and help uh, help out in that capacity. Um, I can promise you, Zippy can still get it done with the best of them. You just give him the right opportunity. So uh, that's why we put him as a competition director because I want him to worry about four crew chiefs and four drivers, not just one car and one driver. Um, but Chase Briscoe, I mean, I got to race. I race non-wing sprint cars. I got to race with his dad in USAC days. And, uh, you know, now to see Chase come along and, and he's another Indiana kid with a great open wheel background to see how well he's doing in the series. And, and like you said, one of the most grateful kids you've ever met. He just loves the fact that he's got an opportunity to do this, but he has the talent and desire to do it as well. And the talent is, uh, it, you're going to see this kid in a cup car pretty soon. He's, uh, he's done an awesome job. I don't know when we'll get him in a cup car, but we're going to get this kid in a cup car sooner or later. He's, uh, he's really proven himself. And, you know, at the end of the year last year with about two or three races to go, I saw some changes in him. 
uh, on the racetrack that I was really excited about and, and wanted to see what the beginning of this season was going to look like. And, and he's just picked up right where he left off at the end of the year. Uh, he's just getting better and better and he's getting more confidence. And with the confidence, he's making less mistakes because he's not forcing mistakes. So uh, I think he's doing a great job. I'm proud of the progress he's made and, uh, you know, hopefully he can go out and, and win us a championship and himself a championship this year. And uh, like I say, we're going to get him in one of these cup cars one day. Well, first of all, I want to say Darlington was my favorite Xfinity race maybe ever covering and being a part of. It was an awesome victory for, for that young man. And then I want to say thank you to you, Kenny Schrader, Kenny Wallace, all you NASCAR guys that are out there chunking mud on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday nights, and just bringing entertainment to the fans. If there's a limited number of them in the stands or if they're watching online or whatever, uh, thank you, Tony, for, for what you do. And uh, I appreciate, appreciate you guys, you warriors, being out there and being a part of our sport. Well, we're too dumb to sit there and retire and take all the money that we tried to save all of our lives so we wouldn't have to work the rest of our lives. We just take it and spend it owning race cars and going out and racing each night. But we, we do it because we love it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I saw Kenny Schrader at uh, Knoxville uh, last week for a night. He was uh, running his modified the next night somewhere else. So he came a night early and hung out with us and watched the races. And uh, it's, there's just something about guys like Kenny Wallace, Kenny Schrader, uh, myself, you know, got guys like Kyle Larson and uh, Christopher Bell that sit there and don't have to go do this stuff, but that's what they love to do. And, and we love, doesn't matter whether there's 50 people in the stands or 5,000 people in the stands. We, we love racing. We love driving dirt cars. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll go drive halfway through the night to get to the next place and get a couple hours of sleep, work on the car the next day, and then go, go race another track the next night. And that's, uh, that's just the way we are. That's the way we were raised and brought up and what we love to do. And when the checkered flags, we have a cold beer and right. uh, enjoy life. So that's right. Uh, I've had a bush. beer. Yeah. I've had a beer with you and, and enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks for your time and uh, being a part of Walter Unfiltered. It's always good to catch up with you, bud. You too, buddy. I'm proud to be a part of it and uh, good to see you. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. How much fun was that? We got to talk to Tony Stewart and uh, Tony's obviously in a good place in his life. He's having a good time and man, I'm just so happy that we get to, 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 to take a glance into these superstars, these racers that we've loved for our whole lives, their, their lives and what's going on right now and, and understanding that it's, it's still fun to race dirt cars or whatever he's up to. So thank you, Tony, for your time. Be sure to tell your friends about Waltrip Unfiltered. We're available on all types, all different forms of social media through the Fox Sports apps. So anywhere Fox Sports, you can find Waltrip Unfiltered. Be sure to tell your friends about us. We'll be back next week to talk more about racing and have a good time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you soon. For the best access, perspective, and personalities in all of sports, follow us at Fox Sports on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.